Hello, this is Ian Austin. Welcome Friday Night Fright. And your, I'm not going to say recap, I'm going to say commentary for Paranormal Activity 2. Um, I think I'm going to give up saying recaps because these are basic commentaries at this point. So this movie starts with Paramount Pictures with like families of deceased in Colesbad Police Department, which is complete bullshit. Colesbad, California. We open in a house and a kid is being talked to by his mother and a little baby. And they're talking about how nice the house is. Uh, introducing us to the father. We got to get that precious cat development going. His family's different from last movie, which pair of yuppie arseholes. Although this woman that's very similar to someone is. And hey, it's a Mexican nanny. That's not a trope at all. Um, that won't come in play of some mysticism endpoint, I'm sure. She startles a kid by staring at it and muttering randomly. You have to admire these movies for trying the character development. It never works, but they try anyway. The cinema realisms, they pull it, of these scenes, try and make it look like it's actually someone randomly using camera, but all shots are perfectly timed and illustrated. Abby the dog, who would naturally be dead at some point. Fireplace, which I guarantee a demon of some kind will come out. And look, the mother, the mother who's just given birth is lying in bed and the father's mocked her for it. Brilliant. We're getting our tour of all rooms that will play into this movie. Oh, Hunter, yay! That will be changed at some point. Those names written down. They go into the sister's room. She's a nerdy, gawky teenager. And she doesn't really want anything to do with any of these people, but she tries to put on a brave front. There's the um, kid never go into her bathroom or her bedroom. And she gets an argument for dad over possession being nine-tenths of floor. I love how they're showing us those locations, which can come in play later on. It's really convenient. It's also very boring, but it's really convenient. Anyway, kid's crying because, you know, he wants his actual mother back, not this random woman who's probably never had a child before in her life. Kid's the only one in the movie who looks convincing because he's literally doing whatever he feels like and they're just trying to improvise off him. He's an adorable looking baby though. Although it's very spotty. And it looks beetroot red under the um, lights. Anyway, the... Mexican nanny, Spanish nanny, Mexican Martin, she speaks um, the language to him that soothes him. Talks about how he's a special baby. Oh, she's singing Spanish, okay. Anyway, she talks about how he's a special baby, and it's all like we're really laying on mysticism a bit thick, right? Oh! It's a prequel, guys. There's Kate from Paranormal Activity before she died. Oh, she holds the kid and kid's sort of like, I love you. And Kate's sort of like, yeah, I'm going to be your new mother at some point. So you need to establish this scene, set up stuff later on in the franchise, I guess. He does look transfixed, so it's a very, very adorable baby. Does look transfixed by this woman. And it's nice that she got another acting job after Paranormal Activity. Oh, it's a barbecue. And let me guess, we're going to see Micah in a second. Because this is a prequel, guys. I guess you didn't realise that, but it's now. It's a riveting prequel. Great idea. I, I love prequels. 
So it's before hauntings. Also, maybe we'll figure out why do we little people summon Toby Demon in the first place. I shout out this is a gigantic retcon. There's nothing in the first movie even moderately hinting at this, any of this. So this is rifting. Oh, turns out Kirsty isn't Abby's real mother, which we could figure out given the age. And we see the um, dad, whatever his name is, uh, just called John, pissing about with the pool toy, which I'm sure will come in play later on. Oh, Hunter's older now, so we've skipped forward a few years. Yay, we don't want to have to have a baby subject to these awful movies. We'll have a little wee toddler boy. Maybe that's why we little people come and play. So there we... Oh, oh, glass, someone's broke into the house. The whole place being destroyed. Oh, no, the Toby. I, I'm going to guess it's Toby, not we little people. I'm going to guess it's Toby because he is summoned in the last movie by the wee little people. And then he came and started harassing Kate. So I guess this is going to be an origin story for Toby. We probably didn't want to go and hang out in Kate's house. Probably want to stay in Kirsty's, But they forced him to go over there. Although this does mean that we're going to miss out on some of those mythological creatures. Like the werewolf in, in cupboard. The wee little people. Um, the... Although I guess Toby's cat will be in this movie somehow. That'd be interesting. But not the um wee little people's dog. Anyway, this it's hard to describe this without yawning because it's very matter of factly shot. Um it's gonna take a while for anything to happen, but luckily it's only ninety minutes long, so that'll be fine. But we're gonna brave these movies all through. Um looks like someone pissed in the attic and closed the stew there. Bites the stew there, yay, that's the important things. And and they're doing this epic clean. This place is just a shithole. It's this bland American architecture where there's no no character to anything they have in this house. It looks flat, it looks boring. Probably another one of Oren Payer's houses or whatever. So in this scene, we've already jumped a couple of years ahead, and now it's a week ahead, and they're setting up lots and shit like that. Father's saying, well, we need cameras all around the house because we don't have movie otherwise, and technician guys are like, we put cameras here, here, and here, and he's like, no, I need them everywhere. And he starts asking him, why do you need them everywhere? He's like, look, can make a movie here, we need cameras here. And they're trying to explain to him that he's not meant to break character and he's ignoring them. He wants cameras everywhere. So we have to have explanations of where cameras are going to go. See, this is what annoys me. This is where movies should have started with this scene, with them discussing where cameras should go. That should have been first scene. If you have to have that scene, it should have been first scene. We didn't need them for this bullshit character development because you can tell from her and kid, her and Micah, and that she loved her and Hunter, and that she loves Mike Hunter. You know, you can tell from Abby and her relationship, and it's a bit tense. You can show us these things. You don't need to tell us these things directly, which they've done already. Literally with dialogue. Which is even worse because it's improvised. Mostly improvised. So you can just have the actors work off each other. But no, they have to give them these stupid set beats to do. See, this shot right here of him saying that camera should be first shot for the movie. These shots. That's it. That stupid dog is really getting on my nerves. 
But it, I mean, it's real simple. It's they try and make these movies. They add almost too much character. I guess it's not real character. It's some fake character. They add too much of a shit. The movie should start just before night one. We shouldn't jump back a few years. And then and and also this one annoys me because it's not night one. You had night one first movie. This should be night negative thirty seven or whatever, and you should do a countdown that way. I mean, the only thing I do like is I like the fact that they do these shots. They use repetition to mess with your head. Like, the repetition of the shots of cameras. But that's kind of irritating. They act like this is a movie that's been cobbled together by editors to um, investigate the deaths and all of that. But at the same, but it doesn't work like that because this really does feel like very, very much a movie. In some ways, in other ways it doesn't. And when pool lights go out, but not hot tub lights, and Toby, that damn mischief maker. You know, I wonder if we'll get an explanation for why Toby does what he does. Like he just turned lights off and then he did absolutely nothing. Um, John comes down next morning and sees the pool, pool bundle thing is out, so he throws back in the pool. Oh, the dog is the dog is trying to get some cat. Toby's cat in wall. Abby dog is whining because she really wants to get to that cat and she can't. Anyway, Hunter's climbing the stairs, which that doesn't seem like a very smart thing to let a kid do. This kid looks very confused. Um, Martine downstairs chanting um, in Spanish to ward off demons or ward off Toby. You think Martine would explain to them at some point why she's doing what she's doing, but she doesn't. Anyway, Abby's at top stairs and her and Micah are bonding, which is adorable. This is an adorable looking dog. When Martine's still doing her Mexican, her Spanish, like, chants. I'm sorry, if it sounds like I'm mixing up, it's because this character is nothing except the, like, mysticism of the Latin nations, I guess. That's her entire character. So it's very stereotypical and it's very downright rude and borderline racist, to be honest. She talks about how they're bad things in the house and then she starts speaking Spanish and says so she's getting rid of spirits. Well, no, you're trying to get rid of Toby, but you're not succeeding. You should just tell them that Toby's in the house. Actually, no, she did say spirits, right. So she's saying we should keep good spirits out of the bad. So we've established that there's at least a couple of good spirits in the house. So I'm going to assume that there's some angels in the house. No, angels are trying to keep Toby at bay, like they have an arrangement. The angels get part of the house, Toby gets the other part of the house. So that's what we're going to say. We've got a couple of angels. Oh, someone screams because what's happening is the dog is. Oh, Martin took a shit, I guess. T- did a poo in the toilet. Or someone did poo in the toilet, and they're blaming each other. Hand to God, see, there's um, there's angels and demons. Apparently the toilet's been clogged and they're all having good banter with each other. Oh, and now we've got the mother in bath. Oh, we're going for a sex tape. Okay, that's pretty quick. Paranormal activity rules. She invites her husband in and says, we can have sex in bath. That's a really tiny bath. Doesn't look very big. It doesn't look like it could really fit two people. I mean, they're doing certain things maybe, but it still looks like it can be a bit cramped. I mean, she's staying up about three quarters of bath as it is. You know, and she stood up. She lies down. She takes up all of it. She's telling him getting. He's sort of like, he wants to, she does want to smash her. And she's sort of like, I kind of want to sm- you to smash me. 
And so he's going to release the Kraken and she laughs and we all remember Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, which was a gigantic piece of shit movie. You, you, some of you guys might like it, I don't know, but I really hate it. I think Davy Jones is the driveling shit of cinema, which makes it so funny that people want him returning movies. It's like he wasn't very good first time around. You want him to come back when movies are actually terrible? And we get more of repetition. It's kind of nice. I like repetition. You know, you get some interesting... Instinct's the wrong word, but I kind of like in this movie because it play, it does play with your expectations. Like, first scene, you see stares and Hunter cries, which shouldn't hear on camera. And Kirsty pits him up. He's crying. Clearly, Toby um, managed to evade the angels and do something bad. Like, maybe sneezed on Hunter or something like that. Anyway, Kirsty's trying to cheer him up, and he looks Hunt looks very distraught. Now couldn't we're macking some bacon and sausages? We're having barbecue, and Hunter's having some Cheerios and dopiest looking kid. And they're downstairs having um. Oh, it was Katie. Anyway, um, Katie is holding Hunter. Oh yay, and she's talking about. They're implying that she has lots of weird sex with Micah. Anyway, not going to see Micah again. Um, but Kirsty loves the sis she's best. And I'm wondering where that woman, from Jane from the first movie is. Why didn't fucking Kirsty go around and see Kate? Oh, she had a kid, of course. That's the explanation. Bunch of bullshit. Like, these two wouldn't be inseparable at this point. Anyway, see, oh, we see Micah again and get 60 days before the death of Micah Sloan. We got a countdown, guys. August 9th, 2006. Although I have to... That seems weird, though, because in context of reality, this movie, this sequel is real events. This sequel's real events, right? That's why I put that bit at the start with Fancy Police Force. This was... A legitimate documentary released in Sigmas. So you actually have text on screen saying, hey, like they made, they shot this and then edited it and thought, you know what we need? We need a cameo from Micah. That's what we need. So you put him in another movie after he's died, which surely wouldn't be allowed as part of a police investigation. You couldn't just show his death on camera. And I know it's actually a movie and don't think about it too much, but they try and postulate like this is a real documentary universe. And they do get out over it at some point because they realise that's fucking stupid. But it's still annoying. Micah's cameo in this really irritates me. I get that they want to give you actors some work and I get they want it's some semblance of history. But you have that with Kate. And that makes sense because she's, her being sister, she's a decent part of this movie. And when Micah's trying to get to... Hunter, shit, Hunter is trying to get to the door. Oh, there's some, there's someone inside. But it can't be werewolf in the cupboard because he's in your house. Who's he trying to let out? And Kate's cursed there, like, don't go in the cupboard. And he's like, why? They're like, just don't do it. So I have to assume that there's a... I don't even know what monster being in the cupboard. Like, werewolf is in the other one. Um, mole man. There's a, there's a tiny little mole man in the cupboard. Who's hiding from Toby and the angels? Anyway, we get this great chat where they're talking about their mother. Kirsty and Kate talking about their mum. Oh, and Abby's going to the mall. Yay! And we get that non tension. 
Like, this is nothing I don't like, because F1 likes each other in this. They, they don't really play that tension very much, you know? It's because that's one problem is a lot of times it seems like they're told what to say, which is annoying. But other times it seems like they're not told what to say, which is also annoying because there's no consistency. Anyway, there's some fighting going within house and we get another shot of stairs as she takes Hunter upstairs. Hunter goes up the stairs. Hunter goes downstairs. She asks what's up there. That's one of the things I hate about movies like this. Eventually, she's just alone with the kids. So she's got no one to talk to, so all her thoughts need to be spoken out loud. It works in stuff like Die Hard because the reason McLean's talking so much is because he's nervous as shit, he's wired as shit, and it's all of his energy is so flowing. But in this movie, it's like, why would you ever go... If you think someone's up the stairs, why would you ever say, is anyone up the stairs? Because that's a bad omen. If someone is up the stairs, they know you're home. They're going to fuck you up. You want to sneak upstairs, re, like I did that one time, really quietly, with a can of deodorant as a makeshift weapon. That's what you want to do. Oh, by the way, I watched A Quiet Place yesterday, and that was, um, <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know why that got so much critical acclaim. That was, um, in terms of horror movies, it was pretty, it was better than the average one, but that's not saying much. So the static shot here, this is the movie's success and failing, I think, personally. In that I like the idea of this shot gives scope and space. Like, you can see the mirror, you can see the whole room. And as they walk off screen, you can't see them anymore, so it creates some tension. But at the same time, it's not particularly visually interesting beyond that. I do like glass effect. You can see them in glass, and you know, that's quite cool. But... I mean, it's just something which I think this is inherently limited by the fact they're trying to make it somewhat realistic, and it's something which I do, I find irritating about some movies in general because it seems like we're getting half of a movie but dragged a full movie length. If that makes any sense, like the more these go on they really need some sort of semblance of action or something because they, they claim it's horror. And I suppose you, it is horror in a way, but it's horror in terms of the audience is ones who have to imagine shit happening. Like when we went to see, this, we went to see Paranormal Activity 3 and Sing My Wales, and one thing that got me about that was there's nothing. No, we saw this in Sing My Wales. There's nothing. Half the fun of watching it in Sigma is watching other people react to nothing because very little happens in these movies because they're not written like movies. They're trying to be realistic, I guess, in a manner of speaking, but they don't succeed. And they only have a couple of scenes. You know, they have three or four scenes and that's it. And that's not, that's not a movie. It's just a bunch of noise. So at the same time, we find out a couple of things which are interesting. We find out Toby's not afraid of water. Oh, and we see a picture from the first movie of Kate. Oh, so now the question is, how they, how's that picture get there? And Martine starts freaking out and hands it back. Martine and Father Ballas are really awful human beings. 
And the other thing is, it's hard to relate to these people because they're rich, but no one seems to work, but they can hire a full-time nanny who's freaking freaking out and saying, you know, Brad wants to fuck Abby. And she's saying, no, don't you fuck him. Don't you fuck him and get pregnant, Abby. So they start dancing together, Abby and Martine. And they start counting... Or Martin starts counting Spanish, which is weird. There's all scenes here which feel like cutscenes. Night five, nothing's happened at all yet. And we're... Um, how far are we movie? 20 minutes into the movie, which is awe-inspiring. Um, oh, lights are on downstairs, but no one's home. Ha, ha, ha. He's waiting for something to happen. I, I just... These movies are fundamentally flawed because they feel like right leg red let media put they feel like theme park rides stretch out ninety minutes like it, it's a ride of this where you went through the house and it's like ten minutes long and loads of weird shit happened that'd be great, but this is just dragged out for ninety minutes and when Martine's downstairs there's being a fud. She's wondering where angels have gone. I guess they're sleeping off. Or maybe they've been so bad at heaven. Maybe Toby stayed with them already. Mole Man's still hiding in the cupboard. Um, Abby's upstairs with Hong Tony. Well, he or she wants no part of this. Martine's sort of like, what's happening? You know, I think she had a connect or something. She'd be able to see the demon. She can sense it. She can sense it because she's Spanish. So she knows all about mysticism. There's flooding going around and shit and not much happening. I mean, again, like I like the idea of the shot catching all the space. That's quite cool. But at the same time, it's literally just, we're just going to put camera and let it shoot stuff. And where light goes on outside and um, Martine's baffled because why would light go on outside? She looks very confused. She's reaching to her pocket for something. She's got a little something in her pocket for you. And there's a loud crash. And Hunter cries. And Martine runs up the stairs. Or jogs very amiably. And Hunter's... Oh, Hunter's barking at Toby's cat. Toby's cat's got out. Martine's like, Abby, you keep that cat bang. Dogs off the floor. But I can't see cat. I can just sense it. And she's like, we're going to run... We're going wrong, Abby. You you deal with cat. She runs downstairs and she's spreading her incense everywhere and chanting in Spanish. And she's trying to ward off Toby and the angels. Where are the angels gone? That's a good question. Maybe I'll be picked up in one of the other movies. Toby is really... I, his game is to, like... She's got a lot of incense. Anyway, they, my, um, the John and... Um, it's sort of like, don't you use that incense. He, he screams at Martine. I don't know why he's so angry about the incense. He's really just, he's really pissed off, says it's not good for the baby. I don't think babies really have an, an inaffinity for incense. He's just being a dick. Like, this is the point where I generally feel like his character is just being dicked for no reason. Apparently, no one should be breathing incense. What is he talking about? Incense is harmless, I think. If it's not, we let me know. Anyway, he 
tries blowing out. See, this is really over the top and stupid. But they don't make anything of it. It's kind of there. It's kind of a bit racist and intolerant for beliefs. Anyway, he's um he's firing her. I don't know why. She's muttering Spanish. See, this is just like this is what I mean. You could have had some decent context, you know. You could have had some decent context in this. But it's just a really bad scene. It just doesn't... It's kind of a... a realistic in a way. But at the same time... It's irritating because this... Is not a subplot. This is one dung bit. You know, there's no tension over a prolonged period. It's just one day he decided he didn't want her to work for them anymore. It's not like Combination of anything. That should have been... The first mini-arc of this movie should be Martin's mysticism and religion clashing with him. You know, a bit of that. Or maybe throughout the entire movie or something, but it's not. It's just something which hap- which is there and then it's ignored. Anyway, Hunter's looking something off-camera, probably his mum. He probably wants to you know, hang out with his actual mum because he's a little boy and he doesn't really understand what's going on. And that's the other thing, it feels really exploitative to just shove a camera in this little kid's face who clearly has no idea what's going on and just wants to be of its mother. Anyway, he's looking at him safe. He's trying to let Mole Man have cupboard, you know, and Abby, oh, shit, I can't keep track of these things. Kirsty picks him up. Anyway, um, they're discussing um, Hunter being unable to look at anything and Dad is sort of like, no, no, it's okay, it's all good. And they're making dinner and shit. And we got to get our scene of Abby painting the nails, um, which is riveting. Oh, he's playing with night vision mode. Yay. Night vision. So we can see her in very similar way to how we saw Paris Hilton in her record-breaking movie. In which she's painting her nails. Um, and he's coming in. She's still like, what do you want? And they're... Having terrible banter about her being Krabby McRumpelstein. Abby's shit. What's her name? Fucking can't keep track of these characters. Daughter is saying that Martine was trying to make us feel better, and that's like, look, I don't believe in angels, and also she's slaughtering goats, which that is so racist. And none of them seem mind is borderline racism. Anyway, he turns off lights. He's su- he comes across as such an arsehole. And why would you want to record your young daughter in night vision? That's weird. Your teenage daughter sat on her bed doing her nails and you want to catch her in night vision? So night eight, hopefully something happened now because there's like an hour of this fucking movie left. Oh shit. I don't want to go in scene. Cricket's chirping. Um, it's the pool cleaner. Oh, it's pool cleaner. Writes a long bit. And it's all dark downstairs. As um, Toby's master plan's coming fruition. Now, the only thing like, interesting about this movie is trying to figure out how Toby gets from his house to the other house. Anyway, Hunter's crying again because he likes to cry a lot. I feel like crying. Um, He's panting now. Christy walks in the room. Christy, not Kirsty. I don't really give a shit, but... She picks Hunter up and he's still crying. And she's like, no, no, it's okay. It's okay, buddy. It's okay. Which is not. This is rubbish. 
I'm I'm serious. I'm already bored for these movies, and it's only two weeks in. I'm gonna watch them all, but this is really boring. So. Anyway, something's moving outside, which says Hunter, there's nothing there. And they walk towards a door, and then she's rocking him because we cut forward in time. It's like selectively, they'll cut forward in time for no reason, you know? But other times, they would like drag. It's really weird. When she goes through outside, she hears something rattling, and Hunter's suddenly alert. And. Oh, the door. Oh, Toby's pushing the door open. Damn that Toby. And it thuds and she turns back and sees doors open. And it's all like, oh, I guess I left like that. It's like, no, you didn't. They're not going to watch footage, by the way. They, they very rarely watch the footage in movies. And even if they do, they don't really pay any attention to it. It's very annoying in that regard. And when she's turned, she hears a rattling at the window. Whoa, whoa, wait a second. So... Toby's, either Toby's outside messing with the window, or his cat nudged the door open. But clearly there's two creatures here. Oh, there's a crash. Something hits the window. Or could have been the angels. And when Kirsty screams for Daniel, screams at Daniel again. And next morning he's downstairs and, oh, what's that? Oh, bunch of shit. Is it a bird? Oh, a bird flew in window. Wait, Toby possessed a bird? It's crazy. Why would Toby possess a bird? Maybe the angels were trying to send him a sign. You know, Toby managed to banish angels somehow. And one of the angels possessed a bird and had to commit suicide against a window. Anyway, to- anyway um, Hunter is pissing about with a ball. He's trying, for- he's trying to explore the house. God, this house is so boring. There's no character to it. Oh, anyway, Hunter's gone missing. She set up a baby alarm thing. Oh, and it's Defcon 1. Oh, and it's beeping fully. The angels are trying to make contact with them to warn them about Toby, but it's not working because they can't, their voices can't transmit via it. No, they didn't just light up. Night 10. Oh, Jesus Christ. How many nights are there? Oh, we're going to have to skip loads. Crickets chirp because they like chirp. Um, another f- rep- repetition shot from upstairs um, playing with camera angles. We're not even playing. It's kind of a slightly tinted angle. Um, so this one. Colour sk- they tinted this a shade of blue and it looks horrible. Where something crashes downstairs, a pan. Not Peter's pan. And um, Christy goes downstairs, leaves Hunter alone. I wouldn't, you know, there's Toby's cat and Toby. Although I think maybe Toby can't get in the house yet and his cat's in the house. And his cat is causing all this mayhem, trying to get Toby access to the house. Toby's cat is very loyal, by the way. And we pans are going against each other. Um... Christy's looking outside. Pans and Sue swing against each other. Christy's still looking outside. Pans and Sue swing. Oh, a light goes out. Maybe it's a pool light or something. 
she looks outside some more and can something happen anything anything happen and a pan falls down that damn cat again christy screams and runs off which she would scream Christy is, um, places. Oh, God, I didn't get this stented cut there. Bought this on Amazon Prime. He throws the pool buddy back in pool again, and the Abby tries drowning it. Which, like, oh, she's, is she, is he trying to drown Toby? I bet you that's, that's really fascinating. The dog trying to drown Toby, not succeeding. Anyway, we get, um, uh, whatever her name is, the daughter, um, and Kate's back, yay. And we see origins of Michael Loving Camera, which is some amazing writing. Because Clit, that was not even slight hint at in the first one. But he's getting one of those. And he's pointing out that maybe he makes sex tapes. And John's like, we have baby. And they're like, what? Apparently they have ghosts. Oh, now we're going to get some bat story. But this is something they never raised in the first fucking movie. In fact, they'd had chat with their in- with their relatives about ghosts, which maybe would have come up in the first fucking movie. But no, clearly not, because why? Why would it? And there's an explanation later on, but don't make a goddamn bit of sense. Micah finally finds out the bat story um, Kate and Christy did seances when they were younger which is not true as we'll find out in Paranormal Activity 3 so we finally find out that they Kate and Christy knew Toby when they were younger which paints Toby in a really creepy new light anyway they don't want to talk about it but they really should this is a really shit retcon by the way there's a little bit of hinting in the first one that some weird shit went down when they are kids but nothing to this extent these movies retcon the shit out of everything which is so weird because they didn't have to the first movie was interesting because well, i say interesting at the time it's relatively interesting because it was a, a somewhat unique take on ghost stories not on movies in general because there's a lot of found footage movies like campbell holocaust blair witch project and etc but it was relatively interesting in some regard. Not as good as Chernobyl Diaries, which is one of the best fan footage movies of all time. But Paranormal Activity was relatively groundbreaking in a way. Not very good, but it broke ground, definitely. But more movies they make, more bullshit they throw into it. And they really throw some serious bullshit into it. Like, I make fun family monsters in this house. But what they actually come up with is even worse, if that's possible belief and you can say like oh Ian all, all horror movies do that like the Friday phone movies and Nightmare on Street movies and Halloween I'll find out in my um, ongoing series I hope this Halloween's come back in October and Christmas on Main Street is come back in, Dece- in December but at the same time those movies are at least visually interesting and their sequels feel different. This feels like one movie done like six times. Anyway, they're looking at the pool clean on tape come out and pour on its own. And here's the thing, like, they're, they're debating this, but that's a really simple effect to pour off in real life. 
So there's no reason they should believe that there's anything supernatural going on with regards to that pool cleaner. Like, that's a really easy effect to achieve. So it's really, it's, it's annoying because not even slight proof. And then raise the question, what's Toby's endgame here? So we get a rifting discussion between um, their daughter and dad about how um, the house might be haunted and how awesome that being, how cool would that be? And she is, this daughter is quite, I won't say vacuous, but I get the impression they didn't ask for multiple takes of, of these scenes. Maybe they did. Maybe they did 5,000 times and this is the best they could get. So we point, it's pointed out that maybe ghosts are trying to help them and she's sort of like, let's have a seance. And her dad's sort of like, I don't, I don't believe in it. And she, the daughter's pointing out, well, maybe it's not a bad thing. And I'm like, I'm pretty fucking sure it is because like, good ghosts don't move poor cleaners. Anyway, night, the next night, um, August the 18th, um, they're at the pool again, crickets are chirping, and the pool cleaner's moving through the water, and we're back in the kitchen again. I, I think these movies do a good job of having you, as the viewer, feel like you are slowly going insane. It's one of my favourite It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia episodes is when they buy a house and they slowly go insane. It's that kind of shining approach, which this movie, I think, wants to feel like it's it's aggregated by shining. That similar sense of the days fading into each other and all of that repetition, you know, it's really fading into one. And in some ways it is because you start being worn down by all this shit. Anyway, Abby's wintering because Toby's trying to break in and he can't, but, you know, he's trying. Anyway, Dad next time points out that they all need to see something. Is there going to be more shit? They look in the pool and... And he's going to push them in the pool. They don't understand. And he, he busts the pool clean around the pool and goes, Look this, look this, this is Sigma magic. Look how cool this shit is. And then he sprays some water, which you want to spray your teenage short of water when she's wearing very little clothing. That makes complete sense. Anyway, him and his wife argue because he's not taking her belief in ghosts seriously. And, I mean, I think if she did some more fucking research, she'd probably find out that there's more than ghosts here. Ghosts is a very generic term. Ghosts are non-corporeal in general. They can't hurt you. This is not a ghost. This is an invisible demon, I guess. Anyway, they're going to go out and have sex in a fucking library or something. And they're going to leave the their teenage daughter in charge. And Curtis Christie's like, no, no. And Daniel's like, I want to fuck you. And I can't because we're hearing this ghost and shit. So Christie wears a cleavage exposing dress. And leaves Adley to look after Hunter, which this does not seem like a very good idea. She's going to have a boy over in about two seconds, and she's going to get some dick. And Hunter's going to be crying upstairs, is it? 
Ali gets some um, Ali Baba, if you pardon my parlance. And Christy runs in heels, which... Oh, and Ali tells them not get too wasted. I mean, what are they going to do? Are they going to do some of the... they going to do some of the wacky-backy. I mean, you have to be careful of that stuff. Ali's on couch reading a book, waiting for a boyfriend to show up, because why not? We saw him in the earlier scene, so he has to come back at some point. Anyway, he's at the door, and it's like, no, no, don't let him in back. Toby will come in. Don't shut the door, man. He shuts it, but could Toby have got through? Anyway, oh, no, they're playing for Ouija board. There's no known Ouija board. In last movie, they summoned something using Ouija board. So what are they going to summon this time? Toby is summoned first. To, oh, shit. Oh, no, maybe that's how Toby gets in the house. His cat is in there. And if they use this Ouija board, they might let Toby in. Oh, no. You know, Ouija boards are like magic. That's that's going to let Toby in the house. That's going to let Toby in the house. They don't want to do that. Don't do it. Brad's like, I'm not moving it. He's not him. It's moving magically. It forms a P. It forms... You, uh, oh no, oh, oh, this could be bad. It forms a. Oh, she's not doing it. Forms an S. Oh no, oh no, 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 no. S. Oh no, it's going to spell pussy cat. That's what it is it's Toby trying to spell magic words. Anyway, uh, her boyfriend's saying, maybe i got to get some pussy. He's like, you, you know what happened. It's i got I got to get pussy. They won't keep going, but... Oh, no, they're not... He's not moving this time. No, it's Toby. He won't spell out pussy cat. No, H. <gasps> no. But I think it's Toby for H. This Ouija boards are not cinematic. Then let go of it. Why don't you both let go of it then? Anyway, H. So stupid. Just let go of the Ouija board. So dumb. T. It is the worst game for Ouija ever, but they're awful. Abby whines because that fucking cat is trying to get back in. But also that Abby senses that Toby might have gone in too. And Toby and Abby can keep the cat, Toby's cat babe, but not Toby. Anyway, on TV we're hearing a bunch of bullshit downstairs. Abby's at the door. Toby and the cat are near and closer. Best time they get too close, Abby barks at them, say back off, you know. They've got rid of the angel somehow. Anyway, Adley's asleep downstairs on the couch. TV's cutting in and out, as it does. She's... Oh, it stops. Oh, no, it stops. Why Why do people sleep with the TV on? Just turn the fucking thing off. It's not rock science. And we're static on TVs. Toby's sick of wherever they're watching. Toby and his cat are playing. I wonder if Toby's a villain or Toby's cat is the villain. Anyway, we get this... Incredibly boring, nothing shot where nothing happens. 
Oh, there's a low rumbling. That's the angels trying to deal with Toby. Toby and his cat are trying to avoid the angels. As the angels are rumbling in property, trying to make their way back in. Allie wakes up because something touched her. She was touched by an angels. TV comes back on. The angels try to send her a message, but they couldn't get through. Allie's freaking out. She's trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. She's going walking. Um, oh, and front door's open. Oh, shit. The angels got in. Ali goes through the front door, not realising she's in the midst of some serious shit. She shuts it and goes to back off, bar, back, putting the angels outside. She goes upstairs and the... And you know the door's going to fucking open again. Door rattles loudly. The angels are at the door. Angels in the airfield. She goes back downstairs. Why would you open the door? There's a rattling at the door. Just double lock it. Fucking hell. Or maybe if someone's in the house, you call the cops. You go upstairs, lock the safe room and call the cops. And when she opens the door, because she's an idiot, and tries to see if it's Brad, and Toby slams the door behind her, locking himself in the house with the angels and hunter abby grouses toby and toby's cat trying to get in ali can't open the front door because she's not like me and doesn't keep her keys in pocket all times abby is trying to fend off the cat and toby and meet him with minimal success they lure abby into the hallway or a cat does so that toby can sneak in the bedroom abby ali's trying to get in the house but can't we get lots of static shots again i suppose this oh Ali's trying to get in the back door, but it's shut. That seems like a metaphor. She runs off. Um, Abby tries to let her in, but can't, because they haven't taught Abby how to open the door. She whines. Um, Ali tries to open the door, but can't. This is the end of part one, by the way. Um, if listening on the podcast, um, part two will start in just a few seconds. And now it's time for Halftime Hannibal. Here we go. Entree. Directed by Michael Reimer. Story by Caillou Wu. Teleplay by Caillou Wu and Brian Fuller. Premiered on May 2nd, 2013. A nurse at Baltimore State Hospital for the criminal insane is brutally murdered by a patient, Dr. Abel Gideon, who is Eddie Izzard, in mega character, he's going full method because he wants to make TV series about Wigram. In man reminiscent of Chesapeake Ripper, who hasn't committed a murder in two years. Apparently, they're saying Eddie hasn't murdered anyone in two years. Eddie is obviously playing himself, playing Abel Gideon. Not actually saying Eddie murdered people because that's not true. The same number of years that Gideon's been incarcerated. Very method there. While Graham tries to discover where Gideon truly is the Ripper, Crawford, aka Lars Fishburne, receives a phone call, apparently from the real Ripper, who plays the recorded voice of Miriam Lass, a trainee that Crawford, aka Lars Fishburne, he's really good method, tend to be an FBI agent for years, had consulting on Chesapeake Ripper case two years briefly when she suddenly disappeared. Oh no! Bloom and Fishburne make a deal with Freddie Lowndes to write a story about Gideon. 
hoping to provoke Rule Ripper to make him so visible. During a dinner, Blumen wrote Dr. Frederick Tewton, the administrator of the hospital, tells him he has suspected Gideon of being the Ripper. Oh no! The Honourable Dr. Lecter surmised that Tewton unintentionally planted thought in Gideon's mind during the session, implying that while Gideon's not a Ripper, he believes himself to be. This is, of course, taken directly from Wikipedia. Later, Crawford receives another phone call, which they trace to an old observatory where they find Miriam's safe phone clasping hand of a severed arm. Oh no! A final flashback reveals Miriam's fate. She visits Dr. Lecter to ask about an old patient, Jeremy Olmsted, who had come in contact with when working as an ER attendant, who turned up as the latest Ripper victim. Old Lecter excuses himself. Miriam finds one of his sketches of the wound man, which precisely matches the manner in which Olmsted was murdered. Lecter sneaks up on her from behind and shows her unconscious, bringing himself as real Chesapeake Ripper. Oh my god. Watched by 2.61 million viewers, that was Elm Tree, the sixth episode of season one of Handball. And this is the end of Halftime Handball. We'll be back next week with Sorbet, directed by James Foley, written by Jesse Alexander and Brian Fuller, premiered on May 9th, 2013. Watched by 2.62 million people. Ooh, what's going to happen next? Tune in next week to find out. And now back to your regularly scheduled commentary, Paranormal Activity 2, Part 2, coming up right now. That's 46. So, yep, heavy foot. Oh, shit. Toby and Yank Toby run up the stairs to try and get Hunter, but the floorboards creak and the angels try and hold him back. Toby's like, give me the child. And the angels are like, no, you can't have him, Toby. Not this boy. This boy's special. See, that's the only reason Toby hasn't already kidnapped the child. Anyway, to- oh, shit. The angels are playing tug of war with Hunter, trying to stop Toby from getting the kid. Toby manages to fend them off the cat ganging way. She's grabs the angel's grabbing child to try and drag it to safety and abby run upstairs she's whimpering softly she's in presence of divine the angel's pulling hunter up with all their might hunter's crying because of course you cry he doesn't realize that the angels are going to take him to safety he is the chosen one the archangel michael and the archangel raf oh and they, but then they've been pushed back by toby sent back to heaven my hunter is at the door. He's opened up the door. Toby's like, come with me, little one. His cat's meowing. How can Hunter resist the meowing cat and Toby? The small little wee demon. Musical toys players, they try and get Hunter into swim things. Can't argue for results. Hunter walks the kitchen. Oh, no. So many dangers in the kitchen. No, Hunter, no. Don't do it, kid. Musical toy continues. As Hunter runs because he's fascinated by toys, Allie's gone. She's disappeared somehow. Hunter giggles because he loves the cat. The cat's his friend. He op- he goes to open the door. Oh, the musical toy stops. He opens the cupboard. No, Toby. No, Hunter. No. That's the mole man. The rumbling continues. As the angels try to deal with Toby once and for all, Hunter escapes. He doesn't want anything to do with this in civil war. He climbs the stairs, which seems very dangerous. What's going to happen next? Where's Ali gone? 
It's a good question. Where the fuck has she gone? There's only like three places she can get in the house. Anyway, um, Abby's at the door. Is um, Dan, Daniel and Christy come back. Christy starts slamming the door in Daniel's face. It must have some really weird sets. Abby's like, what's going on? What's going on? No, she's Abby's like, ah. They look for Ali, but she's no way to be seen. They go upstairs. Hunter's crying, which he wasn't before. So I guess he's crying because the angels have left. Maybe Toby's cat's left. Christy's trying to comfort Hunter, but he's distraught. They're shouting for Ali, but she's not here. She's not upstairs. And she hasn't drowned in the pool, which is convenient. I look outside for Ali, but can't find her. She bangs at the door because she's outside. He screams her, where have you been? She tries to explain. He points out that this is a very small area. You can't have gone very far. They point out stupid and Ali went outside. But she says that she thought Brad was out there. And he's pointing out, if you don't see anyone, don't go outside. Your little brother could have died. He could have been like, murdered by like... the. the the, the, what what could be murdered by that? The, not ghost, not ghost, categorically not ghost. She points out that Toby slammed door behind her, and he starts like Toby does not exist. Against this ludicrous argument over it, Ali's certain she heard something call her name, which I did not hear that. So I think she's gone batshit crazy. Her father accused her of dreaming and puts this isn't like this crew incident with Kruger, is it? Because I won't go through that again. Kruger ain't real. Which I have to believe that Freddy Krueger is part of this continuity. Because it's the only thing that keeps me sane, to be honest, watching these shitty movies. Anyway, um, Ali says she is having a nap and someone called her name, which did not happen. I don't know whether that's meant to have happened or whether we're meant to think that happened, but it didn't actually happen. And it's annoying when movies do that. Don't delete shit. If it's meant to be canon or continuity, you know? Because it just makes for a refragmented movie. Abby's on couch, um, chilling out. She doesn't seem to give a shit about last night. That's what I love about dogs. These dogs have no idea what's going on. You know? These dogs just chilling out and occasionally they give it cues. That's it. So it's fascinating that dogs suffer no sense of fear or anything like that. He's just on couch smiling. It warms your heart, you know? No matter... It just goes showing that you can do anything to a dog in the movie. dog won't know what the fuck's going on. Unless it's Island of Death, in which case, if you simulate a dog being fucked against its will, that, or a dog being murdered, that's creepy. That's so creepy. That's not being movie. Island of Death, by the way, I just, what a terrible movie. Anyway, Abby is um trying to deal with cat, although they're starting to bond slightly. Ali is looking up footage. Um, Brad is trying to get her into a, another pussy hunt, but um, Ali's looking up research online, which is great because I bet you that website is not one from the first movie. She's pointing out that it could be a demon. Brad's like, well, what's the difference between demon and ghost? And Ali's like, well, well demon has a name like Toby. He, 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 he might be... Or as Azel, or Azabob, or, or fucking, what's the stupid one from um, Insidious? Bagul. No, Sinister. Bagul. God damn, that's sh- rubbish. Sinister rubbish. So is Insidious. It's 
so Brad is um oh we find out if human makes bargain for demon for with power and you have Ben for they must forfeit their forfeit their firstborn male oh not Hunter if that's not on the, the demon must we pursue the um follow defaulter and his or her brood and to solve an infant is collected. See, they have more of this mythology, but all later movies contradict this so badly. And where Ali's pointing out that um, something freak happened to her last night. We see the door, and she goes outside, and the door closes by herself. Couldn't possibly be wind. She shows her dad, who says, maybe it's the wind, and they have an argument about that, which... You think they would be really focusing on watching this footage? more than they are watching it anyway he he sees it says that wind blows the door shut which you know fair enough that is a distinct possibility but they have another riveting conversation and um yeah and then stuff ensues because stuff would ensue Night 17, this feels like night 350. These movies are just... Here's the thing, like, I don't... I know it sounds critical, but... I think these pod, I think this would make instant podcast listen to a way to work, because you slowly hear someone losing their mind bit by bit. But at the same time, like it's good practice being able to do a commentary over 90 minutes, even when you're feeling very, 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 very bored and very, very sleepy. Um, put in mind of these characters, they must all be sleep deprived at this point, especially this one. You just fucking woke up, Ali. Go back to sleep, you stupid woman. Oh, God damn it. Oh. This is a really bad movie. Oh man, Ali's about to go downstairs again because yay, go downstairs, Ali. Going to the future, something might happen. Yay. <laughs> Toys running long floor because they would run long floor. Whirring and ringing and shit. Um, tooting. Not toot my own horn, but that toy's tooting. This is not the Toy Story 4 I wanted. Um, Ali is... Is this Ali of the camera? I think it is. She's going through the house. and At least we get a bit more of an interesting fluid shot now. Um, <laughs> I mean, at least the camera's doing something. Anyway, she runs upstairs because toys are startling her, and I don't. It woke her up, or something woke her up. She's showing footage of the um, movie Kirsty, and 
I mean, you could say that this is a metaphor for like um, when they showed first the producers of this movie, and producers were like, "That's not that's not the actual movie, right?" And the, the directors were like, "No, it is, it is." And she's like, "No, it's not." And they're like, "No, no, it's fine, it's fine. It's this this being movie. It's good." And then they showed it to financiers who are like the equivalent of Daniel's character. And Daniel's character's like, that's not a fucking movie. And they're like, it is. They're like, that's not the fucking movie. And they're like, it is. They're like, look, no one's going to pay for this. Diminishing Returns. Law of Diminishing Returns. We want ten movies out of this. The shit you're doing, we maybe get the sets. Maybe get the sets. This is not exactly riveting. Oh man, anyway. Oh, Kate's back. Yay. Yay. And Kate's, um, oh, they're going to discuss the bat story, but not too much of bat story because they, wow, that's mega cleavage. And when Kirsty's like, I don't remember anything. And Kate's sort of like, no, no, I remember you crying all the time, which that's not what fucking happens in the next movie. Apparently, she stopped talking to me. That's not what happens in the next movie. Weird people and their mums upset all the time. That's definitely what happens. Not happen. What happens in this movie? What the fuck? Sorry, I, I I'm just well. One, I'm distracted by cleavage. Jesus, that's bottomless. And two, like, don't say stuff. Like, don't make declarative statements about a movie, about a bat story when you know in the very next movie you're going to contradict all the stuff you just said. You know, like, ah. Anyway, um, Kate's pissed off. Ali's gone outside Babby, and Christie's on her own again. She's this borderline malnourished woman who doesn't look like she's particularly with it. Why does she have no she have a fucking job? Like your kids sits your kids like a year old or some shit? Fucking get a job. Jesus Christ. You she, like she this is what annoys me. You had a nanny. They had a nanny and now they don't. So she's at home all day. What was she doing before? She was always there. She was always there, but they still paid for a nanny. And now they don't pay for a nanny. So I guess well, maybe that's why she doesn't have work, because her fucking husband's rich, and they could afford pay nanny of $30,000 a year or whatever. And now she doesn't need to work, because they're saving $30,000 a year. But surely they'd want more money, or surely they'd hire a new nanny. I mean, I know this movie doesn't have much budget, but logically, they fired the old one. Wouldn't you just hire a new one? But no, evidently off-camera, had a chat between her and... Daniel, where he's like, not hiring Nanny. But surely that chat should have been a fucking movie, because that would have been interesting. That would have been a character scene with some interesting dynamics to it, you know? Rather than this bullshit. Anyway, all doors slam open. Okay, that... Right, sorry, right. Hang on a second. How the fuck did all those doors open at the same time? That doesn't make any sense. That implies there's a lot more creatures in this house.
and where tea kettle boils because Toby wants a cup of tea. I mean, unless that's the angels and the angels are doing the really weird shit and Toby's like laughing. The angels just want um, Kirsty believed them and now Toby's made a cup of tea. It's the weird, weirdest house ever. Christy's like, why the fuck are you boiling? Why the fuck's a ghost boiling cup of tea? And ghosts are like, I want, I want a cup of air grey. A cup of air grey. She starts shutting all cupboards, which I don't think that's a good idea because they just don't open them again. They don't, clearly don't want them shut for whatever reason. You can open them again, it's going to make ghosts very angry. So, yeah, we're back to her leaving room, storming out. And Ali comes back and she's sort of like, how are you doing, Kirsty? And Kirsty's like, get fuck away from me. Runs upstairs as we get a shot of Ali's cleavage, which um, I, I'm starting to feel very uncomfortable. This It's a bit like community. They need, they need to stop sexualizing this, this teenage game. Kirsty's like, I'm fine. Ali's like, would something happen? She's like, Christy, Ali, Christy, Ali, what the fuck? Has anything happened in this movie up to this point? And Ali's like, we're well, a couple of things. Christy's like, look, everything's fine. And this actress is so unconvincing. She's freaking out. And she's revealed that Aunt Kate said we can't talk about things because if we do, it just goes worse. And Ali's like, you need to see a fucking shrink. You really need to see a shrink. She's like, I can't. That would make it even worse. Anyway, they're talking about deals with demons and shit, which they would talk about deals with demons and shit. Static shots. Yeah, I love static shots. I love it when movies don't give a flying fuck about having any visual integrity to them. The dog is running in our room again. It's suddenly decided, hey, get that cat out of here. Get that cat away from me. And Daniel's like, look, get the fuck out of here, you stupid dog. Back up. It's like, sit down, shut up. So he shut the door and then says, good dog. And then shuts the door partly over. But then leaves the dog to just so mare around dog is sick of that cat who keeps coming up to the door no I'd be pissed off the dog lies on its back and sort of like that's hung to sleep the dog clearly doesn't notice this fucking movie oh dog's freaking out oh we're moving forward in time we're getting one of those fast forward shit thingies like rah, 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 rah. oh that dog's adorable he just literally shot a dog lying down and having built a kip Anyway, oh, now we're 10 to 1, the magic hour, I guess. Are we giving up on 3M thing?
We're giving up on free. And all this some fudding. Toby's like, I'm going to distract the dog by making noise downstairs. Only dog can hear. It's like, wait, what? It doesn't make any sense. How is the dog the only one who hears the fudding? I mean, I guess it's a cat and it's trying to lure Toby out. Abby out. You know, why would it try and like Toby out? Abby barks at the door or at something. She whines and barks. Oh, shit. The cat is making its move on dog. Oh, man. Toby. And Toby's joined in. They pull the dog outside. They're going to fuck the dog up. And then we hear Ali wakes up. She grabs the camera because they always have to grab camera. They come up with the stupidest reasons to um grab a camera in these movies. Anyway, they find Abby's been fucked up by Toby. Proper fucked by Toby and Toby's cat. She's in really bad shape. And they're like, grab my shoes. Why? Because we're going to fucking vet. They run outside. They're like, we'll leave Christy in charge of the kid. That's a good idea. She's not on the verge of nervous breakdown, is she? Fucking stupid, man. Oh, one out of five, thank God. Only about 20 minutes left, this piece of shit. Oh, God. I might go distance. Keypad beeps. Um, She tries calling Daniel. <laughs> so I'm in mid I'm Facebook chat about Game War Games, which is much more fun. Christy is having tearful chat. She's saying she loves Daniel, which, you know, okay, fine. She's freaking out. She's tweaking. Why don't you call Katie up? Why don't you talk about ghosts some more? Anyway, she hears a clanking. And she's like, no, not clanking. Not clanking. Clanking's bad. She's the clanking of the pots and pans is terrifying. You should really sense up with the um, Paranormal Activity movie, by the way. She fucking Christie's actress looks at the camera and then they quickly cut away or time cut or whatever. She is holding her gut because she gave birth, well, a couple of years ago at this point. She turns all the lights off and nothing happens. She's upstairs now. Um, she's checking on Hunter. And, oh shit, she puts this nightlight on and says the angels will look after you. But I don't think that's true. Um, she does something, I don't know what. And then she hears the rumblings, the angels are trying to get back in. Home. Oh shit, the angels have grabbed her. The angels have grabbed Christy. They're like, come with us, Christy. He's like, no, no, get off me. Oh, God, get off me. Like, we're not God. We need to save you, Christy. Come with us. He's like, no, get off me. He's like, please, Christy, please. 
that she gets away from them. And Toby grabs her. Toby's like, well, if you won't come to them, you'll come to me. And the angel's like, no, no, leave her alone. And Toby's like, get the fuck off me. You're coming outside. And he slams the door shut and cat. And I don't, why Toby won't go outside? And Hunter's crying. And Hunter's crying as the curtains gently waft and billow. And Christy is being pulled outside by Toby. And the angels can save her. And now the door opens. And there's a rumbling. The angels have saved Christy from Toby. But what cost? And they permit her to come back in the house. They think they've cleansed her body, but they haven't. They've managed to keep Toby at bay for now. And Christy is very slowly walking the house. Oh, shit. The angels don't realise that she's being infected with Toby's power. They can't do it. Even if they do realise, they can't do anything. Now she's walking. And now Chris uh, point out something's wrong with Christy. Daniel's like, there's nothing wrong with Christy. And Dad's like, look, i got to go to Portland. So like, don't go to Portland, Dad. They're like... So I have to go to Portland. He's got to go to Portland. He'll be there for like two hours. Where the fuck are you? Where are you? And you get Portland in two hours and come back. And why would you go for two hours? He's like, business, business. It pays the rent. It pays rent. And Ali sat down. She's like, no, no, I put hunters. I put hunters. Abby down she's a vet no not like that I don't mean put down like that I mean it's got to do wrong tests and they keep her there indefinitely for some reason and Ali points out to Brad that Christy is a fucking mess and Christy might be sick or something I don't know I don't fucking barely pay attention to this movie now you know, things I do for you guys in this podcast and the six hits. Hits seem to stabilize after the last couple of weeks, by the way. Um, but now they're, I would say, stabilized. I don't know. Um, something, something, insert snarky comment here. Ali's heard a noise. It could be angels. It could be fucking Mole Man or Toby's cat. I love the fact we've got to add angels and Mole Man to a list of mythological creatures in the universe. The Mole Man, I feel bad. Mole Man just stuck in Milford's all this bullshit. And it's really his bullshit. 
Oh, oh shit! There's some. Oh no, no werewolf. They're scratching on the door. The werewolf is back. You know. Oh. It comes up pretty high. The werewolf. Why? Why is the werewolf there? Anyway, it looks like werewolf tries to scratch something in the door. Um. So now Ali's going room to room trying to find Christy because Chris, they're playing with shit his game hide and seek, which he would play a shit game hide and seek. Oh, there's Hunter there and he's pointing at the floor and Ali's like, we point at Hunter and he's like, nothing. And Christy is no way to be seen, so Ali grabs Hunter. Christy walks in and then we cut because that'd be an interesting scene. We don't want to actually see that scene, we want to cut away really quickly. We won't be told what's going on rather than shown it. And then just want Ali to start sobbing into a phone. Why can't you show us these interesting scenes? Hunter's crying. And Christy's staring out window. Hunter's like, no, no, what's happened? Oh, shit. Christy says, don't touch. I think Christy was his was possessed by an, by an angel. I think she's just trying to keep Hunter safe. Hmm. You know, anyway, we see Christy pull downstairs on the camera. And she's begging Daniel. She's sort of like, you can't mess with Christy. She's been possessed by an angel. I don't believe in angels. She's like, watch the tape. And Daniel's sort of like, this is a bit weird on tape. And Dad, he's sort of like, no, 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 it's fine. It's all special effects. She's like, no, no, how's it special effects? We're not rich. She's like, well, we can't buy rich. She's like, well, that's not the point. So he's freaked out because he's seen proof of demons and ghosts and angels and shit. So he's trying to contact Martine. He's trying to call Martin, sort of like, Martin, we need your Spanish mysticism. We need you to exercise an angel. Martin's sort of like, no, 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 see, no, 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 no angel. I exercise the demon. So exercise everything from my house. She's like, I can't exercise the angels. You don't fuck with them. So she's. She's saying that they're going to knock... Well, they're going to knock Christy out. Why couldn't this happen half an hour ago? Anyway, Christy's in bed, freaking out. She's got that blank Castillo-style angel in this to her. She's not answering anything. Apparently, there's a bite on her leg. Which shouldn't have, where the angel shouldn't try fighting Katnin. Daniel's like, what the fuck is this shit? He's like, look, we need to finish this movie. This is at three. Anyway, they're hatching a plan, which can we not? Can we just get on with it, please? Jesus Christ. This is not exactly riveting. Anyway, apparently Martine says that Christy's not going to remember. 
But I, I don't think you want to fuck her. She looks like she's been possessed by an angel. And the angel's own thing keeps Toby at bay. I wouldn't fuck with that. But I have to assume that this is going on at the same time as the Ouija game. Maybe not, anyway. Anyway, they're going to fucking shut out the angel. That He's begging Christy to wake up. Oh. Anyway, Christy's gone running. <laughs> they're how all pairs gone out in house and they're trying to find Hunter and Christy and they can't. And Martine's still like, Where's baby? She's shouting Spanish. <laughs> and um oh shit, it's all going down now. Oh, things are falling over because Toby can't see in dark and he's knocking random shit over and Ali's freaking out. And Daniel's like, no, no, it's fine. We're going to exercise the demon from Christy. And they're not listening. Martin's clearly saying in Spanish, you'll exercise the angel from Christy. I told you, this is a bad idea. Anyway, um, pots and pans are clattering. There's Toby and Toby's cat smashing in things because they're so stupid. And they're bouncing around the place. And, um, yep, there's stuff and things happening. Um, and they're going down the staircase, and because they would be going downstairs, and this isn't exactly a riveting finale because all the lights have conveniently gone out, so we have to use a stupid night vision camera. I mean, Hunter's babbling. Hunter's babbling some more. There's steam night vision. Um, oh, Jess. I don't think Jess is in this movie. Wait, wasn't Jess the one? No, that's Jane. Anyway, there. What the fuck? He's, there's loads of shit in the basement. Hunter's still crying. He's trying to find Hunter, but he can't because um reasons. Anyway, a rat appears out of nowhere. We've got a rat too, or maybe it's a mole man. Um, anyway, Daniel is doing first person, first person perspective. Daniel's trying to find Hunter, but he can't. So he puts the camera down. It's like this cumbersome item doesn't seem like it'd be good to carry around indefinitely. Um, one hour 18. Oh, Hunter's there, and anyway, Daniel reunites with Hunter, I think, and um, or the camera, either one of them is his most treasured possession, and he shines the camera around, and and oh shit was that christy i don't know oh christy oh shit the angel attacks him so like, leave me alone leave the boy alone so he put crucifix on neck and she's like no not the power of god rah, 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 and rumbling so he 
Send the angel back to heaven. And the angel's like, you fucking idiots. You fucked it up. As the angel starts howling like a weirdo beast. And Daniel's like, the path of Christ compares you. And the angel's like, it really does. It really does. And Hunter's like, Daddy, why do you send the angel back to heaven? And Daniel's like, I sent a demon back to here, young man. And all power comes on the house. And Toby's there like, Toby and his cat, they're like, you fucking useless little cunt. You fucking, you what, mate? You fucking dickhead. Say, burn the picture. Don't burn the picture. Don't burn the picture, man. You madman. It's like, Daniel was like, this can't possibly show up in movie before this one. And then Kate's there, and three weeks later, and she's like, yes, this happened. This is deleted footage from Paranormal Activity. Kate's like, oh, I love my nephew. He's the best. Kate's like, oh, things are going great for me and Micah. There's some weird shit going on at our house. And I told Micah about it, but he said no. And I think he thinks I'm crazy. And, and Kate's like, we shouldn't talk about... Chris's like, we shouldn't talk about this. And Chris, Kate's like, oh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm leaving now. I'll see you in six weeks, Christy. You'll see me in six weeks? I'll see you in six weeks. When? I'm going to come to your house. You're going to come to my house? I don't want to see you for six weeks. I'm going to hang up Micah for the next couple of weeks. I bought a car and you bought a camera. I'm not going to see... Kate's actually saying, Micah, we're not going to hang out with my sister and her husband. We're not going to do it for a couple of weeks, okay? He's like, why? He's like, we need a few weeks of space and then we'll see them. But just me, not you. It makes sense. And then we get some bullshit, the bullshit from the start of paranormal activity with these two assholes who apparently care about money, don't care about money. Oh, man, Micah was killed on October 8th, 2006. Oh, no. Wait, that happened in the last movie. Why would you boast about that? Um, And then, wait, it's October 9th, 2006. And, oh, no. Oh, no, because Kate, Kate's possessed by Toby? And the angel's been banished. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Daniel sat down watching TV. Oh, no, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Daniel's, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. This can't happen. I, I, oh, no, no. Oh, no. We get, oh, oh, Kate's can come to house. Oh, no. Daniel, Daniel, get off the couch. The, Christy's upstairs. Hunter's screaming. Christy's like, it's okay, Hunter. I forgot about all ghosts. There's no one outside. You see by all this camera that they're acting together seamlessly. The crickets are chirping, and it's all fine, and it's all good. Daniel's on couch. He's, see, he's okay. He's okay, Hunter. He's okay. He's okay. Oh shit! It's Kate. Oh no, that's not Kate. Oh no, it's, she's been possessed by one of Toby's lieutenants. Oh shit, she's covered in blood. Oh no, Daniel, don't no get off the couch, Daniel. Oh, Kate's gone. But is it Kate? Maybe it's not Kate. We cut to the stairs. We cut to the stairs. Christy's dancing with Hunter. 
She's singing a song called The Movie's About to End and I Have Not Died Yet. We're going to be the best of friends. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to be in paranormal activity. Oh my god, Kate's playing Daniel! Crack! Holy shit, she snaps his neck with one swerve. And where's Ali? Oh no, Kate, she's going to the stairs. Christy's like, I heard someone's neck snap. Daniel, are you okay, Daniel? Kate's coming upstairs. The rumbling. Christy's like, what's going on? She sees Kate. She's like, no, no, Kate, no. Oh, she's frozen camera. Holy shit. I think Christy's dead. And Hunter's crying on the floor. And Kate looks, I guess the dog's dead. Kate picks up Hunter and sort of like, she speaks in Latin. She's sort of like, I'm, I love The Exorcist. It's my favourite movie. Kate's like, you're coming with me. And Hunter's like, no, no, please. She's like, we're going outside, Hunter. We're going to have some fun. Oh, man. What a way to end the movie. That really makes Monsey sequel. Hunter giggles as he leaves because why won't he? And this piece of shit movie's almost over. Rumbling continues. Ali turned from school trip and found bodies of Christy and Daniel Ray on October 12th, 2006. Katie's and Hunter's whereabouts remain unknown. I don't know what's more offensive, this movie or the idea that we're meant to believe this actually happened because it clearly did not happen and clearly could not have happened. And if it had happened, it would not be turned into a movie like this. So, yep, yeah, there's your Paranormal Activity coup commentary. I'm Ian Austin, Friday Night Fright. Um, what guys say about that movie that hasn't been said about Americans' involvement in Vietnam? Pointless, vaguely contradictory, vaguely hypocritical, and ultimately fruitless. And achieve the opposite of what they meant to achieve. Well, anyway, I'm Ian Austin for Friday Night Fright. I will see you next week on Friday for Panel Activity 3. And as always, remember, life is beautiful. <laughs>